everybody. Welcome back to the Green Light. Green Light. You got Jackson here. And Lauren. And we are sitting here. It is mm-hmm. Tuesday night. Which normally, normally Tuesday nights are, are, are just, uh, you know, relaxing. Uh, just, you know, get off work, hang out a little bit, record a little bit of a podcast. I'd say this is quite possibly the least relaxing Tuesday I've ever had. Yeah, yeah. So if you don't know, if you're not in the States or if you were living underneath a rock, <laughs> Tuesday night, this past Tuesday night now, I'm, I'm speaking from the present and also the past because when people would be listening yeah. to this, it is election night tonight. So, you know, we, we, we've been keeping up with that, kind of trying to distract ourselves, kind of trying to stay current, but we are still here. We are bringing you some green light content, no matter what. We yep. stick through it. That's what you know you can count on. I have been... On the brink of throwing up for about four hours, so that's yeah. where I am. Yeah, so uh, it is it is a it is a tough time for for a lot of people for sure. Yeah. Um. So uh, I I hope now once again we don't know how the world is gonna look even on Friday when this comes out. Yeah. So you know, uh, take care of yourself, be safe. Yeah. Um, protect your loved ones. I'd say cetera, honestly, you know, there's been a lot of discussion about um. Either way, the the presidential race turns out. Yeah, there will probably be a lot of unrest and Potential tension in the next three months. Sure. Um, so yeah, be safe. Take care of yourselves. Yeah. As if a a, a national pandemic, a global pandemic, wasn't enough. Enough now, reason to hunker down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um. Yeah. I, but the good news is we're getting into the holiday season. Yeah. The, that's I, good. I guess you could kind of include Halloween in the holiday season, but it's I officially Christmas. Halloween to be part of the holiday season. It's officially Christmas now, Lauren. Okay. We're gonna take a three day break for Thanksgiving, and then we're gonna come back, and it's gonna be Christmas <laughs> again. But uh, this this is like hands down my favorite time of the year. It is a bit unfortunate. I, you know, LA is great, but you don't really get much of a season change here. Like, it's definitely gotten a little cooler. Well, but- it just gets like, it's kind of, you know, 75 most of the year. Yeah, and sure. then in like August, it's horrible yeah it is hell yeah and then exactly yeah aside from that it's pretty much the same but yeah it's getting a little cooler and uh in regards to the green light what that means for us is especially as we start getting into december maybe even late november maybe our detours will start shifting a little bit a little bit christmassy maybe a little bit a little bit a little bit fun a little bit of deck the halls whenever we decide to start watching bad holiday movies here is when they will turn christmassy yes correct and good holiday movies because i like those as well but we'll get into that. But yeah, yeah so it's it's early November. Uh, just a few quick housekeeping things because this is going to be maybe a bit of a longer episode because our excerpt of a script that we have, which is, by the way, our script is Broke In by Mark Osborne. It we're is reading, an excerpt yeah, of a feature. Yeah, we're reading an excerpt of a feature length this week. So that that's what we have on the docket. Have a couple detours and then an interview with Mark, which is fantastic. But yeah, follow us on socials, please. Yeah. Please. Please. Uh, at who is that? Po- nope. Nope, uh, TGL underscore pod on but, Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> now that I said who is that pod, we have listen another podcast. To, listen to who is that, the yeah, Mass Singer podcast. We love the Mass Singer so much that we Not just want to talk about Not the official Mass Singer podcast, because yeah. apparently some people got confused about that. Yeah, we got a salty review we are from not the one about uh, that. We are not the one hosted by Lil Bow Wow, uh, sadly. Uh, unfortunately. <laughs> I wish he would come on our show to discuss. Yeah, that would have been better instead of him just true. trying to <laughs> take over. But if you uh, like the, the Mass Singer... Yeah. Uh, 
watch us listen to us over there. Watch us on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel now. Yeah. Or really just listen upload... on YouTube for now. Yeah, ex- exactly. Um, no new reviews, So, uh, but review on us that, on guys. iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Uh, tell us what your favorite Thanksgiving food is because Ooh, we're in that one. season now. That, uh, that, that we'll is read them for one. the next few weeks. Yeah, we would be happy to do that. Or comment on any of our social media posts, whatever. Yeah. I think that's it, right? That's all um, housekeeping. Also, I'm ready to move past housekeeping. Okay, that's fine. Um, no, also, we do have a Patreon. More. So yes, that's yeah. a big one. Uh, if you want Money, some please. awesome <laughs> bonus content, if you want some awesome bonus content, we have some green lit episodes. We have a road trip out there. Yeah, uh, we're doing another one pretty soon for the end of the year. Yeah, so and and another green lit episode for for this month as well. I've started to really enjoy those green lit episodes. I, those have quickly become my favorite thing. Yeah, and we we also uh, we also have a little fact section at the beginning which is like trivia about the movie and stuff which i really enjoy but so yes that that's what you can look forward to on patreon okay we're done housekeeping <laughs> done now we're moving Ooh. on to to more of the meat the more of the bulk the of the show now we're gonna get into our detours of the week so this is a segment yeah. where we talked about things that we have consumed in the past week so uh lauren how about you go first i'll yeah, go second mine's and then a we'll tie it out timely, together i guess so um i'm actually only like 70% of the way through this book, but I'm trucking along. It's a pretty quick read. Um, But I have been reading Untrumping America by Dan Pfeiffer. Um, Dan Pfeiffer, you may or may not know, is one of the four hosts of Pod Save America, which is a political podcast. Yeah. Um, that we feel comfortable we shouting them regularly. out yeah. because they are not in our wheelhouse. We are not directly competing. Yeah. <laughs> We're not competing with Pod, Pod Save, Save America. America. Um, and yeah, Dan Pfeiffer um, and John Favreau, John Lovett, um, Tommy Vitor, they were all advisors to President Obama while he was in office. They also worked on his both his initial campaign and his reelection campaign. Um, so yeah, Dan Pfeiffer basically wrote a book about, you know, what, what the two party system looks like right now, um, how to shift that just talking about how, you know, Trump, our current president, um, hopefully soon to not be our current president, um, is not uh, an aberration, but is more of a reflection of issues in the party as a whole. Um, and basically just talking about how we can fix that, how we can not just get the country back to where it was, because that still wasn't really equitable or just for a lot of people, um, but getting the country to a much better place and truly untrumping America. Um, so I've really been enjoying this so far. Um, the All of the hosts of Pod Save America really present politics in a very accessible way. Um, and they, you know, he does talk about in the book that pundits want you to think that politics is really hard to understand and use all kinds of jargon when it's really not that complicated. Um, this book is really interesting because it came out in February. So, and you know, and then the book is largely talking about, oh, well, what should Biden's campaign do? Or, well, Biden wasn't even the nominee yet, but what should the Democratic nominee for president do in the months leading up to the election? What should Senate races do, et cetera, leading up to the election? And obviously that's changed a lot because this was pre-pandemic. Um, so there are a lot of things that are a little bit different, but um, but a lot that still really rings true. And yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Um, I will say it might not be the best read for your mental health right this second. Sure. But maybe once the election so has wound down a little bit, yeah. it's, it is still a good read for after the election because not all of it is about what should be done in the months between February and November this year. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is work that has to continue after. And I've learned a lot just about... How deep-seated some of the institutions within um, the more conservative 
demographic of the U.S. Mm -hmm. I guess like how deep seated some of those institutions are. And it's a little scary. So <laughs> yeah, uh, give it a read. You can get it on Kindle. Um, you can also get a physical book, I think, but the Kindle version is cheaper. Mm-hmm. And check it out. Yeah, that's great. That is great. Uh, so now I guess it is my turn, correct? Yeah. yeah, so I watched, I've been watching, I guess, for the past couple weeks, I guess, a little series on Netflix hosted by a former teeny bopper, now turned relatively serious actor, Zac Efron. The show is called Down to Earth with Zac Efron. Now, here, here is the, the synopsis of it. In this travel show, actor Zac Efron journeys around the world with wellness expert Darren Olean in search of healthy, sustainable ways to live. Now, you look at the beginning and you're like, oh, it's a travel show, whatever, it's Zac Efron, uh, what, you know. If you like Zac Efron, which I do, you, you're going to like the show, but otherwise it's whatever. However, I, I'm just because I really enjoy the show. I think partially because it is a great sort of escape during these still turbulent times. You know, it's also kind of cool to be able to watch someone actually be able to travel because, you know, we really can't do that now. Yeah. But even, even further than that, I sort of just like the perspective this show took. Now, granted, this isn't necessarily the the best at, in terms of, like, it's not going to blow your mind with the information that it gives you. But I really enjoy the perspective of, like, the, the wellness aspect of it and, like, the sustainability the aspect of it. Okay. The, the way that they took it from that perspective. I, I thought it was really cool. And one of the things that I liked about it, and I've read some reviews on it, and some people didn't like this, but I actually sort of took it as sort of a... A, um, a strength of the show is that a lot of people are like, oh, Zac Efron's the worst person to do this because the only thing he ever responds with from these people is like, oh, wow, or like amazing, bro. And it's like, sure, to a certain extent, maybe someone else could offer more deeper, insightful remarks or questions to the people yeah. they're interviewing. But I almost feel like the audience is Zac Efron in this case. I that That's exactly, that's exactly what I was oh, going to say. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. Um, but I, I, I re- if, if you look at it from that perspective and you look at it from the the general population that's going to be watching this, like you said, Lauren, they are Zac Efron. In, it's like in you're learning moment. along with him. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I think it's cool because <laughs> I feel like it could be taken from a different perspective if so, if you did have like a whether whether it be a climate expert or like a food expert, you know, whatever, um, going and they would be like, oh, this show is too pretentious, you know? Yeah. I, I, I really liked the way that it took. It really did feel like down to earth. Like it, it felt like you were hanging out with Zac Efron. And, you know, e- even though, you know, I am a, a college educated man and there are still some things, a lot of things that I learned from this show. And I would still probably be reacting the same way he did. A lot of the reasons because it's just you're experiencing an entire different culture. And I, I, I'm sure every single person on these IMDb reviews have just been everywhere and know everything. But I feel like <laughs> we're kind of desensitized because we see it through a screen and we're like, oh, you know, have a better response. But sometimes it is just in the moment. You can just be it's genuine, in awe. like, wow. Yeah. Genuine awe and genuine amazement. So I really enjoyed it. It's 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 fun. It takes it from a pretty much half of the show is from a sustainability perspective. The other half is from like a health and wellness uh, in in regards to like food perspective. So you get like half in that half on each episode. 
I, I liked Zach and Darren's uh, chemistry. Um, and it's a, it's a good show. Once again, it's not necessarily going to blow your mind, but it's a fun thing to watch, a fun escape. You'll have a good time watching it. And if you like Zac Efron, you're going to like this show. Yeah. I don't know. I, so yeah, was, going back cool. to, going back to mine, this one is probably a little better for your mental health right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, def- definitely would be a good one, uh, for, for that old mental health. So Lauren and I also watched a movie that that's down to earth with Zac Efron. It's on Netflix, by yes. the way. Is it a Netflix original series? Um, it is a okay, Netflix that's original series. Yes. But, so those are our two individuals. Yeah. Moving are... on to a brand new animated musical movie that just yes. came out. Mm-hmm. Over the Moon, also on Netflix. Yes. And the the synopsis for this one is, in this animated musical, a girl builds a rocket ship and blasts off, hoping to meet a mythical moon goddess. In, in hopes to uh, this she is... basically so she wants to prevent her dad from remarrying after yes. uh, her mother passed away four years ago yes and um, that, that's in the very beginning of the movie that's in the very beginning. it has a very up like opening sequence yeah well this movie up it's the pixar film it is up meets frozen meets the netflix version of the little prince yeah sure imo mm-hmm. um but yeah he uh, there's there's a lot of mythology in this movie. So the big thing is that there's a moon goddess named Changa who uh, is basically stuck on the moon forever waiting for the return of her one true love, Hoi, I think. I believe so. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's basically the gist of it. Um, and she is trying to prove that Changa is real to get her dad to remember, you know, remember her mother, basically wait for sure. you know basically to say oh well true love lasts forever you shouldn't be getting remarried yeah right so mm-hmm. that's kind of her goal but it's really a movie about her her you know getting over her mother's death being her able finding to realize that acceptance herself well right but right be able being to able to realize on. she's still with her you know being yeah. able to kind of move on yeah mm-hmm. yeah and you know th- th- there are some like it's low-key a star-studded cast, truthfully. It is, yeah. It, you have uh, John Cho, Margaret Cho, Sandra Oh. Um, <laughs> there are some rhymes there. Yeah, right. Um, why, Philippa Sue. Yeah. There, there are a lot Ken of... Ken Jong. Yeah, Ken Jong. I knew I was forgetting someone. But it, it, I, I really enjoyed this, and I, I think I enjoyed it a little more than Lauren. Um, it, it's another one that would be a good good for your mental health during this time because it, yeah. it's it's definitely like a, a a warm fuzzy type movie. You know, obviously if you can get past the first ten minutes, sure, <laughs> it's a it's a warm fuzzy type movie. Uh, it's fun. It's not gonna blow you away, truthfully. Not not yeah, gonna lie. Yeah, I think like I I think it's definitely good, especially from you know a representation standpoint. Yeah, yeah, um, that's great. But yeah, I just don't think plot wise there's a whole lot of original stuff in this sure. i guess I, and i mean I, even i, I wasn't a that. huge fan of i don't know i just didn't think the songs were like incredibly well written or anything sure but again it's a good family movie good heartwarming thing you know yeah it's it's fine yeah no <laughs> I, and I, and i also think i like the music a little more than lauren did i'm um, very picky about that kind of thing lauren so. is very picky about that sort of thing <laughs> so don't nec- take what i say with a grain of salt yeah i, I mean guess. i I'll, I'll say in support of your point that i'm I don't really remember any of the songs, and I don't think any of the songs are going to stick with me. Yeah, I, I'm not going to go back and like listen to anything. Yeah, I didn't think they took away from the movie. I I thought they were, you know, they were they were good for what they were. Yeah, and and, Philippa and that was a fine. beautiful voice, which I appreciated. If, if you want to hear Philippa Sue sing for for uh, for an hour and a half, this movie is well, perfect for you. <laughs> she's not quite singing for an hour and a half, uh, but, was, but yes, it was exaggeration. Line. It was hyperbole, <laughs> okay. if you will. But you know, it, it's good. There are some adorable. Uh, there's Gobi some adorable is very animals. Cute. 
Yeah. Bungie is also very cute. Bungie's adorable. Yeah. So it, it it's fun for that. And <laughs> once again, this would be a good one to watch for for kids and, you know, if you got a family. Yeah. This would this would be a great one for for you and um it's it's a lot of fun. Uh it's got a lot of heart. Maybe not the most original. You can tell it draws inspiration from like Disney, Pixar movies, stuff like yeah. that. I wouldn't say it quite reaches the heights of some of your favorite Pixar Disney movies. Yeah. However, still enjoyable. Still yeah. a fun watch. Uh, that's Over the Moon, a 2020 film, just came out on Netflix. Yes. So, that was tight. That was a tight Yeah, well, minutes. we were trying to, like we said, our script is our script excerpt is a little longer, and then yeah. our interview is roughly half an hour. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we were trying to keep our intro a little tight. Yeah, and that we did. That so, we did. coming up next, we have Broke In by Mark Osborne, read by yours truly. And me... And, and Bailey Elrod. Bailey well. Elrod is back on the show. Yes. So, so I was like, "Yours truly." I felt like meant both of us. Well, so I was like, I'm "Well, confused. I was saying yours truly for me." I was hoping you would pick that up and be like, "And yours truly." But oh, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Whatever. But yes, coming I'm up too next. Stressed. That's fair. <laughs> we will be roughly the same amount of stressed, and but we'll also be reading a script. So Yay. see you then. See you then. Hey, yo. there's some energy right yeah. there from our special guest today, Bailey Elrod, a recurring Welcome guest of the program. Bailey. Bailey, how are you today? You know, I'm doing just all right. <laughs> <laughs> that it is, is just um, okay. That is appropriate. For everyone listening, we are recording this on Tuesday, which is election night if you are in the United States, and yes. uh, all of our nerves are through the roof. So hopefully by the time this episode comes out, we will know what's going on but yeah. you know we, we don't know yeah so so but we're still providing you with a with a good story here yeah you're welcome no matter what <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> thank us please <laughs> yeah what is what is film and theater if not escapism that's true true plus comment it's true. many things but escapism <laughs> escapism things. is what, what the a, most important right now yeah <laughs> on that true. list escapism yeah yes. absolutely uh so let's jump into it the script we're reading today is broke in by Mark Osborne. Uh, I will be reading for the character of John Lucalo, 37. And, handsome. Oh. I'll Are we reading handsome. the whole character description? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll be reading for Elaine Spivel, 33, Petite. Nice. <laughs> and I will be reading for Action Lines. And there are a lot Regular. Of yes. <laughs> so pray for Bailey. Yes. All right. All right. Interior John's Bathroom, Day. John Lucalo. 37, handsome and not the most educated fella, stares into a smudged mirror. He has beard stubble and wears just boxers. Hip-hop music softly plays from the next-door apartment. The sound of firecrackers intermittently blasting away is heard throughout this epic. John opens his medicine cabinet. Interior Elaine's bathroom. Day. Elaine Spivel, 33, petite, looks around in her opened medicine cabinet. She only wears a bra and underwear. Elaine looks like she's been sobbing and not sleeping for two days, which she has. She closes her medicine cabinet, yawns, looks at her reflection in the mirror, and is not impressed. She wryly smiles and exhales upward, making her forehead bangs flutter. Interior John's bathroom. Day. He puts on a soiled white wool hat as he looks in the mirror. 
Man, it's July 4th and 100 degrees outside. Why am I dressing for January 1st and 4 degrees? And this hat is so, so yuck. He shakes his head in disgust and puts on a frayed and grimy New York Yankee baseball cap. He is satisfied in his look and leaves the bathroom. Interior Elaine's bathroom, day. She turns on her bathwater and stares at the bathtub filling up with soap bubbles. Interior John's bathroom, day. He turns on the shower, then runs his right hand through it. He removes his Yankee cap, leans over and sticks his face in the running water for five seconds. He places his baseball cap under the shower water, fills it up with water, then plops it on his head. The water pours down his face. Interior Elaine's bathroom, day. She reaches into her cabinet, removes a new bottle of mouthwash, cracks it open, chugs a mouthful, gargles, spits it out, and then tosses the filled bottle in the wastebasket. Interior John's bathroom, day. He reaches into his medicine cabinet, removes a shot bottle of brandy, swallows a mouthful, then gargles a mouthful, spits it in the sink, and throws the bottle in his wastebasket. Hip-hop music continues to softly play. He leaves the bathroom, returns, and annoyingly bangs on the radiator pipe with a shot bottle. What's with that music over there? A beat. The softly played music now gets played very loud. Much better, Tyrone. Thanks, dude. Tyrone bangs back twice. John taps back twice, leaves the bathroom smiling, his head bobbing to the music. His cell phone rings. He reaches into his back pocket, sees who it is, rolls his eyes, and then lets his phone pick up. Close-up, small cutting knife. It slices into a cucumber on a cutting board. A glass of red wine is by the board. Interior Elaine's kitchen. Day. Her cell phone lying by her cutting board dings. She picks it up, reads it, disgusted, and texts. She leaves the kitchen, goes into the living room, and disgustedly tosses the phone on her couch. Close-up, cell phone screen. A text message to her reads, Call me. She types out her reply. Again, no more calls slash texts, please. We're talked out. Interior Elaine's bathroom. Day. She enters the bathroom, carrying two round slices of cucumbers and the knife on a small plate. She puts the plate on the edge of the bathtub, removes her bathrobe, then enters and lies down in the filled tub. She places the cucumbers on her closed eyes and uncomfortably blinks. She removes the cucumbers from her eyes and eats them. Interior John's Kitchen. Day. John, now wearing jeans and a t-shirt that reads Louise Landscapers, stares at his grungy opened fridge. It holds a third of a loaf of rye bread, a packet of bologna, and a quart carton of chocolate milk. The egg compartment on the inside of the door holds one egg. Scattered in the compartment are soy, duck sauce, and Chinese food takeout mustard packets. He chugs the milk from its carton, then throws it out. He smells the stale loaf of bread, then tentatively takes two slices from the middle of the loaf and puts them on the counter. He throws the rest of the bread away in a nearby garbage can. He tentatively smells the bologna. He takes two slices of bologna from the middle of the packet, plops them on the bread slices, and throws the rest of the bologna away. He takes a pack of mustard and squeezes it on his opened sandwich. He takes a bite out of his low-life lunch, makes a disgusted face, and spits his mouthful of sandwich into a garbage can, then throws the rest away. He reaches into a cabinet and takes out a Slim Jim, beef jerky, wrapped in plastic. He dugs it in the jar of mustard, takes a bite out of it. 
satisfied. Interior John's living room, day. He sits on a sofa and now wears a black leather jacket as he checks his cell phone. An old Playboy magazine is on a cushion next to him. A photograph by a lamp shows him with two young boys. Interior Lane's bathroom, day. She exhales and notices the knife on the edge of the bathtub. She picks at her nails with it, then ever so slowly brings the blade to her wrist. She smiles and shakes her head. Who would want to kill themselves like this? When there's less painful ways to slowly die? Like, living. Interior Elaine's bathroom. Day. She puts the knife back down on the plate. Interior John's living room. Day. He looks through a cluttered toolbox on his lap and sits on the edge of his sofa. Damn it, where did I put it? He drops the toolbox on the floor. Think, man, it's gotta be here somewhere. He sits back on the sofa cushion, then jumps up. Whoa, there it is. He reaches behind the cushion and removes an awl, an international kind, and a bunch of Star Wars Lego pieces. He stands, rubbing his butt in slight pain. He reaches behind the cushion and now holds a handful of the Lego pieces in his hand. This is what I get for getting limited child visitation rights. He tosses the Lego pieces aside, puts on large sunglasses, and sticks the awl in the lining of his jacket. Interior kitchen, day. He picks up a dirty plate, turns on his faucet, wets a dish, and then puts it in a dish rack to dry. He washes another dish and two forks, tossing the silverware into the rack. He reaches into his sink filled with dirty dishes and removes a pair of soaked rubber dishwashing gloves. He wrings them out, rolls them up, and jams them into his back pocket. Sound effects. Soapy bathwater going down a drain. Interior Elaine's bathroom. Day. Elaine is out of the tub and wears a bathrobe. The water gurgles down her tub's drain. A glass of water is on her sink. Screw all this restless sleep. I just want to... Gotta sleep real good for a change. She reaches into her bathrobe pocket. She removes a vial of pills as she yawns. She stares at the vial, wondering what will be her next move. Elaine exhales, opens the vial, and shakes pills into her palm. Interior John's bathroom. Day. John puts on a super fake, white-worn, bushy mustache on and looks in the mirror. Ah, oh, time to get a new mustache. I look like the rich guy on the Monopoly board. Damn. He removes the mustache and simply pulls his black leather jacket's collar up so it covers the lower half of his face as he checks himself out one last time in the mirror. Ah, uh, there I go. Time to work, dog. Get it. He leaves the bathroom. Interior John's living room. Day. He puts on a backpack and carries a huge, empty laundry bag. He leaves his apartment. A beat. He comes back in, goes to his kitchen, grabs a box of hefty bags, and peels five off. He jams the bags in his backpack, then spots a desk holding a lamp, a stuffed, letter-sized envelope, which he shoves in his back pocket. He grabs a cane leaning in the corner of the room, then opens his apartment's door. As soon as he leaves his apartment, he walks with a noticeable limp. His cell phone rings. He answers it. Can't talk now. I'm on my way to work. Have a nice day! He hangs up. Firecrackers go off extra loud. Exterior street. Day. John wearing sunglasses, a baseball cap, and his jacket's collars covering half his face, limps down the city streets, using his cane for support. He checks out apartment buildings as he walks. 
Firecrackers occasionally go off. He sees a pizza delivery man approach the front door of a building. In front of the building is a discarded couch with a homeless man sleeping on it, surrounded by hefty bags filled with garbage. The man wears a turtleneck shirt pulled up over his face, so as all that is seen is the top of his head. A cardboard sign in front of the sofa reads, Homeless and Veteran. A styrofoam cup with a dollar bill sticking out of it is seen on the sidewalk in front of the couch. John drops a $10 bill in the cup. John looks at a building, jimmies its front door with an awl to open it, and steps in. Interior Elevator. Day. John is the only one in the elevator. He removes his sunglasses. He looks at the floor number's buttons. Hmm, let's roll with... He closes his eyes. Close up, his index finger. It hovers up and down the numbers. It stops at seven. He opens his eyes and sees his finger is on seven. Lucky seven for good luck. He presses seven. I hope. Close up, Elaine's face. Which has her eyes closed. Camera pulls back to show she lies in her tub, a towel lying on top of her body, and looking very dead. Interior building hallway. Day. He strolls the hallway, holding his cane, and whistles a happy tune. Suddenly, he trips on a bag of recyclable bottles and a bag left in the hallway. Sound effects. A dog barks, unnerving him. He sees a quarter-filled pint bottle of vodka amongst the recyclables. He puts it in one of his jacket's pockets. Ah, Wussy hipster pigs. They think they're too good to finish backwash. He approaches the door with a bumper sticker on it. Close up on bumper sticker. It reads, Where the hell is Easy Street? If I knew I wouldn't be doing this. Interior hallway door. Day. He removes his rubber dishwashing gloves and slips them on, only to find that the ends of seven of the fingers are frayed and have holes. So much for not leaving fingerprints. He sinks his hands lower in the gloves so as his fingertips won't leave any prints and are covered by rubber. He puts his palms on the door and pushes it slightly to deduce... Sweet. A credit card door. Finally. An easy one. As he puts his ear against the door, his cell phone rings, unnerving him. He pulls it out of his pocket and turns it off. Man, I have the worst burglar to walk the face of this earth. He rings the doorbell and waits. Silence. He knocks on the door. Silence. He again puts his ear to the door and removes his wallet. What's with hipsters? They live in super expensive cities but have super cheap locks? Hipster scum, they'll never learn that... He then quickly removes a credit card from his wallet slides it by the side of the door, then it's lock, and jiggles the doorknob. You can't trust nobody. He turns the doorknob. No luck, it's still locked. He takes out his awl, jams it by the door's lock, and turns the doorknob. The door opens. Interior Elaine's living room. Day. As he places the awl in his back pocket that holds the envelope he earlier shoved in there, he tiptoes in to see the living room holds an easy chair, a couch, and a coffee table. The apartment's immaculately tidy and is filled with bookcases holding books. A ukulele and guitar stand in two corners. He stops walking with a limp and drops his cane on the floor. On the wall are posters and postcard-sized pictures of died two young musicians. Hank Williams, Kurt Cobain, Charlie Parker, Buddy Holly, Amy Winehouse, etc. And doomed writer's poets. For example, Frederico Garcia Lorca, Sylvia Plath. At Growl and Poe. He removes the postcard picture of Lorca and puts it in his pocket. 
Maybe I can make some money off this Jim Morrison picture. On a cluttered coffee table is an iPad, a box of tissues, a sharp cutting knife, an empty wine bottle and a stack of books, a bowl of pretzels, and slices of Swiss cheese on a plate. This ain't no rich hipster trust fund apartment dude looks poorer than me. If that's possible. If he had any common sense, he should be breaking into my apartment now. He notices a photograph by a lamp of Elaine with her mom and a man, whose face has been scissored out of the picture. I mean, she'd be breaking in. (laughs) I can relate, girl. Her ex is probably my ex's brother. He notices five filled hefty bags with yellow masking tape on their sides. They have written on them... To Salvation Army. She's spring cleaning in summer, huh? John takes a hefty bag out of his back pocket and walks to a desk. On top of the desk, he sees a stack of spiral notebooks, all titled My Self-Indulgent Autobiography. He flips through a notebook. Great. She's a writer and a songwriter, too. So much for a lot of money being here. Damn. He closes the notebook, then takes another notebook, opening it and shaking it to see if any money is hidden in it. No luck. He slams it shut. Close up Elaine's face. Her eyelids spring up as the notebook closes. Interior bathroom. Day. Elaine wobbly stands in her empty tub when she hears approaching footsteps. The only light in the bathroom comes from a small window. She stands, tiptoes to the door, puts her ear against it, then looks at the bottom of the door. In the door's crack, she can see John's feet walk by. Her hands cover her mouth, stunned. Oh my god, a burglar's in here. Her towel that covered her body falls to the floor. Elaine grabs her bathrobe on the floor, goes in a fetal position, covers herself with the bathrobe, and huddles in a corner. The door opens. He glances inside for a few seconds, not seeing her behind the door. The door closes. She removes her bathrobe cover to show she is miffed. Elaine notices the knife on the bathtub, grabs it and waits by the door, ready to stab anyone who enters. She sees his feet's shadow go by the bottom of the door again. She looks at the small knife and shakes her head in disgust. God, some weapon. What are you going to do, Elaine? Clean his fingernails? And your phones and, and guns and bullets are out there and... His footsteps fade away. She slowly opens the door and peeks around the corner. He's in the kitchen. She leaves the bathroom, now in her bathrobe, and tiptoes the opposite way down a hallway. Close-up cookie jar. A kitschy jar, i.e. Elvis head. John reaches in and removes a cookie and shovels it in his mouth. Mm, Delish. I'm coming back here again and eat the rest. Interior kitchen day. John notices on the refrigerator door. What the hell? Close-up calendar on refrigerator. For each day, it has written on it, sleep slash write. On July 4th, it has Suicide Day. She's wasting herself today? Camera pans to July 11th. On it is written, My Funeral. And her funeral's next week? At least she's prepared. I'll pay my respects then. If she pays me now. Interior Kitchen Day. He opens a kitchen drawer. If she's suiciding today, then this whack job don't need her silverware. He's disappointed to see in the drawer nothing but plastic forks, sporks, and spoons. Huh? Plasticware? He slams the drawer shut. Goddamn creative people, they're always poor. He notices a half-filled glass of wine and an opened bottle of wine on the counter. He swigs the glass of wine, then grabs the opened bottle of wine. Interior bedroom, day. 
Elaine, now in her bedroom, slowly opens her top bureau drawer, located next to her bed. Of all the days to get robbed, he does this one? That bastard, if he thinks... Inside the drawer are two guns, a dusty 9mm and a 38mm. She nervously grabs both, then fumbles and drops the 38 to the floor. Her fingers go inside her ears, expecting it to go off. I... I better take the smaller one, just to wound him. Real bad. She grabs the 9mm. She takes a deep breath and walks toward her door. As she leaves, she notices the 38 still on the floor. She kicks it so it slides under her bed. Here it goes. Interior living room day. One of John's hefty bags is nearly filled. He takes a swig from the bottle of wine, removes the bottle of vodka and swallows a mouthful, using the vodka as his chaser. He puts the guitar in one bag, then notices the ukulele. If only this half of a guitar was a whole guitar. I'll make a whole lot more, man. He bags the ukulele, then sees the iPad on the coffee table and tosses it in the bag. He takes the knife on the coffee table and stabs a slice of cheese. He notices a legal-sized notepad with writing on it besides the cheese. He picks it up and reads it, slightly shocked, the knife and cheese still in his hand. He sits on the couch. Wow, look what she writes. I thought I was messed up. In the background and out of focus is Elaine. He looks over the paper and Elaine is now in focus, a gun in her hand and pointing at him, startling him. Jesus, you scared the shit out of me. You break into my apartment and you're the one who's scared? Hands the fuck up, asshole. Close up John's opened eyes. They slowly close. Darkness on screen. Oh no. Please don't be here when I open my eyes. His eyes open and the screen leaves darkness to show. Interior living room day. Elaine holds a 9mm in her right hand and aims it at him. Huh. Hi? I said hands up! He raises his hands in the air, still holding the knife and the speared cheese. Yeah, um, think holding a gun is, a uh, ladylike? I'll ignore that borderline sexist comment. Hands up. Now! He leaves the couch, then stands on his tiptoes. They up high enough now? Uh, yes, now just... just... just drop it. What, the cheese or the knife? Both. <laughs> he drops the knife, which has a shish kebab to the cheese, on the floor. How did you get in here? I slid a credit card on your door, then I... What are you doing in here? I live here, do you? What? But I didn't see or hear you. Wait, were you in the bathroom hiding on me? What would you do if a burglar broke into your place and you were sort of naked in a bathroom? I guess I didn't look in the bathroom too good. Guess I'm not too thorough. She notices the bottle of vodka jutting out of his jacket's pocket. Maybe you would be if you weren't drinking on your job. He sees her looking at his bottle of vodka, looks at the bottle, and smiles. Thanks for the professional advice. Well, uh, I learned my lesson, and I won't rob you again, so I'll leave, because... I work as a birthday party clown, and I got a couple of kids to scare there, so just, I'll just- Just put your hands flat on your head, you. I'm not a you. I do have a name. Oh, and I have a few four-letter names for you. Uh, my four-letter name's John. John Lucalo, glad to meet you, and- He slowly walks backwards towards the front door. I hope we meet again under different circumstances. Maybe in a speed dating thing, or a, a Kavakan thing, or a, something like that. He suddenly reaches into his back pocket and slowly removes the awl causing the envelope in his pocket to fall to the floor. He whips the awl at her. The awl flies through the air and lands in a binder of one of the books on a bookcase. 
a foot from her shoulder. As firecrackers go off, she fires her gun three times, just as his hand goes on her doorknob to flee the joint. One bullet creases his right cheek. He falls to his knees by the door. He touches his face, now marked with a blackened streak. Elaine is pleasantly surprised and looks at the gun. Close-up, bullet hole. Three bullet holes are now in a wall. End excerpt. everybody welcome back to the green light green light we are here with our writer of the week mark osborne the writer of broke in how are you doing mark i'm doing fine thank you for uh, letting me on your show this is awesome yeah absolutely so We're i glad have to have you i have one quick question for you mark so osborne sure. any relation to ozzy or potentially the green goblin if I was related to Ozzy, I wouldn't be doing the show right now. I'll be talking about you know? <laughs> that, That's very fair. That is very fair. Uh, actually, actually, that's my mother's maiden name, and I'm, I'm doing this under a pseudonym, but I'll tell you later about it. Oh, okay. I got, uh, I got hacked one time, and uh, oh, wow. my, uh, images and other stuff were, were taken, and it's not fun, so I'm just doing this. But I'll, wow. I'll give a shout-out to my real name once I get to know you guys better. Okay, sure. sounds great. Mark Osborne is a very cool name to pick, so props to you for that. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Irish side, a little shout out to that. You know? There you go. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So this is our first question that we always ask every single guest. Give us your mm-hmm. writer origin story. Oh, wow. I just wake up at night with like just jot stuff down all the time. I've been writing since I was man, a long time since I got a compliment. And once you get one compliment, you keep going because <laughs> in my family, compliments are far, far, far and few between, you know. And I just I just forget these little images in my head. I just write down stuff all the time. Hopefully uh, it will click with with a working or paying audience one day. And I, I do freelance right now, actually, for a, for a website called Culture Sonar. I write little, like, uh, music tidbits and stuff for the baby boomer set, which I'm, mm-hmm. which I'm in, you know. And, uh, yeah, I've been, man, I've been writing forever, man. So hopefully I'd like to get something on the screen one day. Yeah. For, uh, before I joined Joe Sean Connery today, you know, absolutely, right. so, uh, absolutely. I love, yeah. I love how you talk about just, just, um, you know, writing down little tidbits that you think of in yeah. the middle of the night because that is so me. You know, I, I, I mentioned a lot of times on the show that I have written very little in my lifetime, but that is exactly how my inspiration comes. I'll like have a dream or something, and I'll be like, I gotta write this down, or I'm gonna forget by the time it's the morning. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like. Oh, no, absolutely. Like I'm in a shower. I wish I had like uh, I could write on the ceiling and with uh, waterproof paper sometimes. Yeah, you know? <laughs> exactly. Like, just, run out. Just write on the run shower out, wall yeah. and hope the steam doesn't dissipate by the time you get out. Right. <laughs> there you go. Right. Yeah. I get, sp- I get spray paint, you know, just do that on the wall. Exactly. There you go. Perfect. Were you going to say something like my wall. Oh, yeah. Well, I feel like I have the same thing with dreams, but then, you know, I'll write them down and be like, this was such a crazy dream. Wow. And then I'll go back to sleep, wake up again, and I'm like, what was this? Why did I think this was good? <laughs> yeah. Giant well, elephant attacks. Right what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> It's better to write stuff down when you're dreaming because you know it's going to be good. Like stuff, stuff you write when you're drunk, you go, oh, man, I must have been really drunk last night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolute exactly. garbage, you know. Yeah, so, so. Let's, let's go ahead and jump into the script. Um, so Broke In, uh, it's very rare, I feel like, 
to see a fully like two person screenplay. Obviously, yeah. there are tidbits of sort of voiceover of other characters and stuff like that. But for the most part, we just stick with these two characters. Um, and you know, especially for Lauren and I, you know, a two person script mm-hmm. is perfect for, for what we do, but we even struggle a lot of times, even with shorter scripts to find it. So what inspired you to tackle a story with just two people? Well, basically, as you know, uh, I, you meet a lot of producers that, uh, produce a lot of hot air and no money. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this dude said he would, he'd, uh, you know, if I run a two, if a two person script of a super micro budget one, he'll do it. And he never really came through. Plus, I, I wanted to give it a shot, you know? Just yeah. like, just want to be as micro budget as possible. Just cut everything to like a minimum bone, kind of like, kind of like punk rock music is to punk, to music, you know? Sure. Just make everything like a three chord, uh, three chord, um, screenplay, you know? Yeah. And uh-huh. I just thought the characters were interesting enough. I could just keep, you know, riffing on it and fill up 90 pages, you know? Sure. Yeah. I think that that is like a sort of a testament to how interesting the characters are because I, truth, truthfully reading it, I never felt bored at all with these two characters. Oh, thank you. Yeah. They were interesting enough to me to, to keep me intrigued and also, just going back to the idea of budget and things like that, you know, both Lauren and I coming from places uh, with, uh, I, know, I know my film program at my school wasn't necessarily the best. And then, uh, you know, uh, uh, Lauren, Lauren's was decent, but especially young professionals now, we're trying to do a lot with a little. So we, sure. can, we can certainly appreciate the, the uh, willingness to write for a lower budget, which is really cool. Yeah. We thankfully have one oh, it, one writer who lives with us, and you know he's kind of been doing a lot of things of what can I write that we can do in our house? Yeah, <laughs> especially in these pandemic right. times. Yeah, right now playing on your local cell phone, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, you know, <laughs> precisely kind of thing going. Yeah, just try to write to make it extra cheap and get something up on the uh, IMDb screen or anywhere. You know, trying to make some some moolah because I've I have two kids actually one's in college right now oh, and wow. uh, the bills pile up man yeah. <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah so that's my impetus another strong impetus mm-hmm. to say the least you know <laughs> for sure so where did John get his personal vendetta against hipsters <laughs> Is there something you would like to talk about? (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry. uh, Where did John get his personal vendetta against hipsters? Like an old lady broke her hip and then stirs. Oh, hipsters! I'm sorry. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I live in Brooklyn, and if you Mm. see a lot of these guys with the man buns going on and walking their dogs with the long leash, and you can't get by them, you know, it's just like a little. I just want to do a little class thing going on there too, you know. And plus, he's, he's like from the other side of town, to say the least, and he's just naturally jealous of uh, people who have more money than him because basically he's a lazy, lazy, you know, guy. No, for sure. sure. His job is breaking into people's houses, which means he doesn't have much uh, on the ball, you know. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That, that now, now that you mention it, the more I think back about John, he does feel very New York, you know? Definitely, And so yeah. I, I could totally see that other side of New York uh, having that vendetta yeah. against hipsters. And, you know, jo- I, I, I'm glad, Mark, that you're not seeing my hair right now because you would, you might you might throw me in that category. It's not quite a man bun yet, but he I do... He hasn't gotten a haircut in a long time. That's correct. Oh, sorry, man. No, no worries at all. From the pandemic, not by choice. Yeah. But... Hey, at least you have here. When I send you my picture, you'll see uh, I need to have some spray can paint, not for the uh, shower wall, but for my head. You know. <laughs> well, there you go. No, I, there I, you I, go. I got I got a full I got a semi full head, but uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I just I just I just made them like kind of like 
just rough around the edges and For basically sure. a hater yeah. of everybody and everything. Sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Have you seen uh, Vampires vs. the Bronx? It's a new Netflix movie. No, I haven't seen that, actually. Okay. I mean, it's it's the Bronx, not Brooklyn, but um, it's it's basically talking about, you know, gentrification in these areas, but it's mm-hmm. like these vampires who are going in and buying all these businesses so they can turn them into a nest for all of their vampire friends. <laughs> yeah. But then it's like, oh, oh you know, yeah. this this corner store got taken out, and now it's going to be like a juice place, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's oh, a man, really I fun story. I, I have a... I was working on a screenplay about a vampire and uh, and gentrification, gentrifying a place, man. Oh, really? man they that stole idea. your idea. Yeah, they beat you to it on the tubes, you know. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's worth it's worth watching. It's on Netflix. Um, so if if you get a chance, definitely check that out. Um, oh, thank you. I definitely will, man. Yeah. Uh, so so a bit of a different question for you. How do you think this story changes if Elaine and John are just a little bit more competent? For instance, like if John is like a, a very professional, well-trained thief and then like Elaine is like a master marksman with a handgun or something. How do you think this story plays out differently? Well, like, um, I guess it's, it's just because of the power struggle. Once she gets um, his phone, his information, you know, that he's he's. He he's not the boss anymore. He doesn't mm. have any power over her, you know. Mm. And she, and just just vengeance takes over her, you know, for what her um her ex boyfriend did to her and everything, and uh, what he's what he did to her. And that's why I think that like the roles have slightly changed, you know. Plus, she's very pissed off. She's taking her anger on her ex boyfriend against John too. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, so that comes into play too. You get you get it's like like a person that with babies caught underneath a either card lifted up with one hand. She gets superhuman, you know, <laughs> laser focus, laser focus, uh, strength, kind of mental and physical, well, mental part, anyways, you know. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. So, but, kind of going off of that, uh, you have crafted two flawed yet ultimately likable characters, and at the beginning, both are clearly going through some things. Is there one character in particular you hope people latch on to, or do you hope that the audience falls in love with both of them? Um, I, I was hoping they go to Lane's side, to tell you mm-hmm. the truth, you know, because she's, she's got a lot of uh, stuff. Oh, I almost, almost swore there. She, she has a lot <laughs> of uh, stuff in her, put in, uh, in her way and, and a lot of boundaries, shall we say, and she just, you know, bursts through, like, hopefully it's a happy end, a semi-happy ending at least, you know. Yeah. Like she beat the... The, I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to give my story away. Yeah. But, uh, you <laughs> right. Know, she's she's triumphs in the end, shall we say? You know. Yeah. The movie buying public out there. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I I think it's it's really interesting because there are of course times where um where John does seem likable, but I think overall I liked Elaine a lot more. Me too. And part of it was I think it seemed partially, and you know we don't necessarily get John's entire entire backstory, but it sort of feels like mm-hmm. part of John's struggles are brought on by himself, whereas Elaine's struggles yeah. are kind of outside factors affecting her. And mm. so looking right. at it through like that lens, you definitely you definitely gravitate more towards Elaine. And then, you know, even even though John's circum- circumstances are not great, he he's kind of the one who got himself yeah. in that circumstances, whereas Elaine is sort of having to deal with these things on her own. Yeah. Well, and especially at the beginning. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I man interrupted you there. (laughs) Oh, well, I mean, I was just going to say at the beginning, you know, we see it as, oh, well, he he broke into her house. She was, you know, about to kill herself. Yeah. And um, she she caught him. And this is, you know, this is what she's doing. She's kind of like like she says, going on a little bit of a power trip. Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, obviously not to spoil your story, but, you know, we do find out that there are some some other motivations for him breaking in, too. Yeah. Um, that put me even more on Elaine's side. So, yeah. 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 And I, yeah, so I think you do a good job of setting that up for sort of more of the payoff at the end. So I like that. Oh, thank a lot. you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I try to make I try to make them a charmer, like people like like you know. So you see, you go into school with guys just get just get by on their good looks and maybe uh, their mother's trust fund money or something. <laughs> you know? And then when then that's taken away, they're they're sunk. Exactly. You know, when people see through their people see people see through their facade and etc. Totally. Sure. Totally. Um, so, uh, uh, sort of final question on the script. So the topic of suicide is sort of approached openly and honestly throughout the script and is kind of explored in like a humorous way at times as well. So sort of talk about your decision to do this and, and how you hope the audience is affected by this. Oh, wow. That's a good one. <laughs> uh, I just, I just like, I've, when, if any woman who's ever went out with me usually wants to contemplate suicide after, you know. <laughs> so, uh, sure. No, I try to like, yeah, try to get like, maybe people think, wow, we'll make somebody go to that level, man, of trying to, Kind of off yourself, you know, and hopefully there's some little background, and maybe she she'll get help at the very end. I try I try to I, I'm, if I ever rewrite the script, I would have her like do something like that too. Actually, I to maybe mm. have a little more. I, I like it, but I'm kind of like I like a more of a. It's too easy for me, you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Yes, that's what I was gonna do. Actually, try to make it more. Uh, I don't want to get too non-PC, but just like some something better than I, I had her just walking off into the sunset, kind of like, which is which works okay, but uh, and have like a sarcastic, happy song playing in the background, but uh, yeah, maybe something she seeks help at the at the very end, just even dialing dialing a hotline or talking to her 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 mom or her actually mom's not around yeah. her. her the elder and elderly, uh, her grandma, somebody, somebody I, I would set up earlier in the script. Sure. Too, no, actually, you know, for do sure. That. I, I like that a or lot. That. And, you know, sort of uh, in every uh, small way possible, sort of helping to, to destigmatize getting help for, for mental yeah. health issues. I well, think yeah, because be I think a definitely lot. a lot of people feel yeah. like they need to deal with that stuff on their own. Yeah. You know, or they might think, you know, especially if maybe you don't have a history of depression, but obviously something horrible happened in her life that is causing her to feel this yeah. way. Yeah. I think people feel like, yeah. oh, well, I don't have a mental illness. I don't need to go to a therapist or something, you yeah. know? Um, but yeah, yeah. but, but truly, I mean, you should, you know? Yeah, truly everybody could use a yeah, little therapy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's our last script question. Now we're gonna yeah. get into just some questions about you. Yeah, this just is a tangentially, tangentially oh. script question, I guess. Yeah. Um, so this isn't necessarily <laughs> okay. a spoiler because we see Elaine contemplating suicide at the beginning. And but obviously later, we just talked about it. Yeah, yeah. but later in the script, um, after our excerpt ends, John tries to name the things that are worth living for, including the feeling you get when you put on a new pair of socks. So what is one unique feeling or experience that you think is the most satisfying? Can I say that on air? I don't know. Uh, I just like waking. I just like waking up in the morning, walking outside, man, and knowing that I'm I'm alive another day in this crazy, kooky nice. world we're living in. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I just like I like a good meal. You know, I'm a regular dude, man. Like Absolutely. watching sports and uh, drinking a glass of wine and yelling at my kids all the time. You know? <laughs> sure. So, uh, uh, what else, man? Well, one of the things yeah, you that. Know, you know, Okay. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say one of the things that I thought of when when hearing this is for some reason, and I'm, I'm sure it has to deal with, you know, like trips I took with my family when I was younger, but I love uh-huh. the smell of like a, a hotel beach or a beach hotel's elevator. 
which is weird. Huh. It you know, smells like sand. It smells like sand and like slightly like sunscreen and a little bit like wet dog. But, you know, it's just the perfect scent that I'm like, all right, it's it's beach time, folks. <laughs> Oh wow! I think I think you just got a co-writing co-writing credit because I'm gonna put that in the script actually. <laughs> All right, nice. You you were free to take that, Mark. That that one's for you. That's, very, that's a good that's a great idea, dude. Yeah. I like that. Thank yeah. you. Next one's thirty dollars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. First one's free, but uh, but we'll see after that. Right. Lauren, do you have any? <laughs> oh geez, I don't know. I mean, I feel like um, this is a very LA specific thing. But if I've been stuck yeah. in traffic on the 101 for like an hour. And then I finally take the exit, and we're like home free from there. You yeah. know, that's a very good feeling. I think that in general, just oh, getting wow. out of traffic is great. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. I mean, like we live, we live in Brooklyn. It's same here. Yeah. yeah. You know how it is. It's on and on and on. Man. Oh yeah. The, and then then you finally the little things take for. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh yeah. Just gonna say, you finally get off that exit, and you're like, whew. It's like you 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 uh, go about a mile in 45 minutes, and you're like, whew. <laughs> yeah, feels I like I could have walked faster than that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably the main reason I live in Brooklyn because I can't stand driving. I just have tons of patience for it. Oh yeah, it just drives me drives me nuts. And mm-hmm. Sure, just the road, etc. Oh, but that's that's not about art. It's just the art of getting a road rage, basically. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Um. Uh, so, so we we like to like to ask our guests this question a lot. But uh, besides mm-hmm. being a writer, have you ever dabbled in any other creative process when it comes to film, like uh, acting, directing, designing, producing, anything like that? And if not, do well, you have a desire to do so? Actually, a real long time ago, I was in a comedy troupe and I got on stage and I I just did not like it at all. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, I just did not have the nerves where I let other people like. I was on, you know, I was a writer. We were, we were a bunch of, we were three or four people. Sure. sure. Writers, actually. And I just, I just, you know, the ego, the ego starts taking over and saying, I'm funnier than this guy. He does timings off, you know, <laughs> what is he doing? Uh-huh. He's not staying in the right place. So I got on the stage and I said, dude, you take over. Your timing's fine. You're standing on the right spot and everything. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't, I'd rather be a writer, to tell you the truth. I don't really have That's an fair. interest in uh, anything <laughs> behind sure. the scenes, you sure. know. Was it like I a could sketch be able to comedy? Out a cell phone, let alone a camera. <laughs> oh, was it like a sketch comedy kind of deal? Excuse me, say again. I'm sorry. What was it like? Sketch comedy, or uh, excuse me, was it like oh, an yeah, improv? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was like sketch comedy. Gotcha. In village, long time. Gotcha. Long, long time ago. Sure. Before there was Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> sure. You could have been you know. SNL instead of SNL. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. Oh, we were better than SNL, let me tell you. Well, there you go. <laughs> no. It so, is what it is. I just, yeah, I'd rather write, tell you the truth. You know? Sure. That's for sure. That's fair. Um, are you guys writers? Too? You, you guys write too, right? And uh, We are actors primarily, Yeah, we're primarily actually. actors. I mean, oh, okay. I think... Okay, just wondering. We've yeah. each done just a little bit of writing, but we're definitely more... Pri- primary More comfortable is, acting. <laughs> is acting, yeah. Okay. So we're the opposite, I admire... <laughs> I admire you guys, man. It takes uh, cojones, as they say, you know, <laughs> as I mispronounce as I mispronounce it. Yeah, well, you thank know? you, man. We we yeah. appreciate it. I admire writers, thank you know. You. Yeah, it's a, for for sure. Just that that creative side is definitely something that uh, that I haven't gotten the hang of yet. So yeah, it, much respect both ways. Much respect both okay, ways. Okay, thank you. Yeah. yeah. So do you? Not that we love each other. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So do you have a favorite place to write, and what is your biggest distraction to writing? I could write anywhere. Tell you the truth, you know, I just I could like write in a phone booth practically, man. I, <laughs> I ride in the subway train a lot. 
now. Looking at the respect my the wallet out of my pocket, you know, I just I just will have little ideas come up, and I either talk them into my phone, you know, mm. or or I could. But basically, um, usually in my bedroom, like I have a um, a notepad, and I just jot ideas down, or or I just um, you know, open up the old Chromebook and write stuff. Sure. But I can write it. Yeah, I just. I don't know, just stuff comes to you, you know, now and then for some wacko reason, you know. The neurons start popping in <laughs> on a page, you know. Absolutely. Nice. That is a skill to have in itself, yeah. I would say. That is very admirable. Because I, I know a lot of people who are like, I have to go to this specific place, this specific seat in the coffee shop. I have to be turned three quarters <laughs> towards the door, and Perfect then the inspiration silence. will hit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I'm not down with I'm not down with all the laptops at Starbucks. You know? <laughs> if that, that's what we want to do. That's fine, but I just think it's too distracting. You start looking at people and hearing dialogue, and yeah, you know, no, sure. for sure. Sure. Each his own, man. Yeah. Each his yeah. own, you know? Absolutely. Maybe it's helpful if, you know, you want to just rip some dialogue off of the people around you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like pretend you're listening to music, but actually listen to, to the conversation at the table beside you. Um, actually, sometimes it is better than what I write. You know, maybe I should well, do that. There you, know? you go. There you go. Uh, so we have one final question for you, Mark. Uh, we do a segment at the okay. beginning of our show called our Detour of the Week, so where we sort of talk about something that we've we've watched, whether it be a TV or a uh, movie in the past week. So do you have a Detour of the Week you would like to give us, something that you've seen that you would like to recommend to everyone? Actually, man, I just watched uh, Double Indemnity, which is kind of where I got – I kind of stole a little bit of that um, – the cheating wife spouse uh, for <laughs> for the screenplay. I just watched it again, and just it just blows my mind how fresh it is, even though it was made seventy years ago. Double, you know, Billy Wilder is God. Billy Wilder is God. Double indemnity. Nice. I'm yeah, of it. yeah. I've oh, heard of yeah. it. I just haven't. I mean, it's been on my list forever, and I just still haven't seen it. So maybe you're finally giving me motivation to watch it. Double indemnity. Right, is a fantastic movie. Uh, I, I first watched it in a screenwriting class, actually, and then me and my uh-huh. dad recently watched it again. I was I was at home visiting um, a couple months ago, and we rewatched it again on uh, uh, Turner Classic Movies TCM, uh-huh. and it's it's a great movie, man. I I love that, and it holds up really well for for a movie from the forties. It really does, and uh, so, so does Shadow of a Doubt, actually, by Hitchcock. Watch that one. That one was one one of the first Psycho Killer movies. Oh yeah, I you haven't know, it, I haven't seen that one. I'll definitely have to check that out. That is that is right up there, man. That is awesome. You know, and it, so yeah, I watched a lot. Watch, I try to like watch the new stuff and the old stuff. You know, now sure. and then. Yeah. But usually I've been watching the, been watching the old stuff because I'm an, I'm an old stuff too. You know. Sure. Sure. So uh, well, yeah, double indemnity. Is, uh, yeah, right, I'm sorry. Double indemnity is a great choice for everyone. If you're listening, go out, find a place to watch it, and watch it. Um, yeah, so, absolutely. Thank you for that shout out. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, those are the end to all of our questions. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, Mark, do you have anything you would like to plug? Uh, anything? Anything that's coming <laughs> up in your life? Uh, not much. Uh, my friend and I are writing. Uh, we're trying to get. Um, we have a Wolfman screenplay. This guy who has um, his OCD. He has. He always likes plucking his hair. So one day he gets bit by a werewolf, and he thinks he's turning into a werewolf. So we like to plug that. His name Pluck. Huh. Oh, God. well, keep us updated on that. Yeah. We'll, we'll... Yeah, we're like we're, we've been trying to finance that forever, man. But you know, you know how the film business is. You of know? course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So, we've been trying to finance is. this podcast, so I feel yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> I know how many rich how many rich uncles do I have? You know? Yeah, right. exactly, <laughs> exactly. It starts running out after two, so <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Mark. 
Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. Lauren, right? And Jackson? Yes. yes yeah, that, Lauren and Jackson. That is us. So uh, if you want to if you want to hear more from Mark, if you want to pick his brain, if you want to produce Broke In, we're going to Or if you leave... want to read the rest of this script. Yes, exactly. We're going to leave right. uh, his email in the description below. Thank and you. I, and I think that's it. I think that's it. For the most part. So yeah, thank you okay, so much great. again, Mark. Have a great day. And no, not really anyone knows this, but happy Halloween. We're recording this on happy, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween to do. Happy Halloween to you too. Yeah. Don't scare too many people. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do our best. All right, have a good okay, one, Mark. Great. Okay, take <laughs> right. care. Bye. 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 Bye.